Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Here in the studio today with Tom Bradford. He is the chairman of the board and president of the National Christian Foundation of Alabama. He graduated summa cum laude in Phi Beta Kappa from Washington and Lee University with a BS in business administration. He joined Bradford & Company, the family food brokerage business, as the seventh employee in 1958. When he sold the company in 2001, they had 160 employees in six states. He also served on the boards of South Trust Bank and Miss Stratton Salads. He's been an active in the community affairs, having served on the boards of Red Cross, Campfire, Salvation Army, and Boy Scouts. He co-chaired the United Way campaign and later served as a board chairman of the United Way of Central Alabama. He also served as president of the Birmingham Rotary Club. In 1996, he was inducted into the Alabama Academy of Honor. Tom committed his life to Christ in 1966. He joined Briarwood Presbyterian Church, where he is an elder and a Sunday school teacher. In 1989, he helped found the Alabama Policy Institute, a conservative public policy think tank affiliated with Focus on the Family, and he served many years as chairman of the board. He also served on the boards of the Scott Dawson Evangelistic Association, Asian Access, and the Colonial Chapel at the American Village. Tom and his wife, Mary Ann, reside in Birmingham, where they have three children, seven grandchildren, and six great-grandchildren. Tom, it is an honor to have you here with us today. Well, thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Well, thank you so much. And I guess the the first question that I would have is uh, you've been involved in in various service levels uh, throughout your whole life, it seems. Uh, Where does that heart for serving come from? Well, I'd say two things. First of all, my dad uh, had a servant's heart. Uh, he was from Sweetwater, Alabama, very poor, uh, grew up uh, without any running water in the house until he was 13 years old. Wow. But he did well, and he felt like the community had really been very profitable for him, and he owed it to give back to the community. So he instilled that in me. And then when I was 29, I realized that although I'd been religious and believed intellectually about Jesus Christ, that he was the Son of God and he had died on the cross for my sins, I had never really made a commitment to Christ. I had just never understood that. I'd never heard the term born again. Of course, mm. that was way before Carter was president. Right. And uh, some friends started talking about being born again. And one thing led to another, and I wound up going to a uh, Bible class led by Frank Barker, the founder of Briarwood Presbyterian Church, and wound up staying after that class and praying with him to receive Christ. Mm. I was 29 years old at the time. And so I was really excited about my newfound faith in the Lord. And so I think that was the thing that started me on the path of really serving in the Christian community. Uh, Before, I'd been serving in the business and political community, but just took a turn to move toward the Christian community at that time. That's powerful. So from that standpoint, uh, being in business as long as you were, Tell me about some of the challenges that you faced uh, trying to maintain the, the Christian uh, way of life, the, the 
the follower of Christ mentality and trying to navigate business deals. Did you ever have a situation where something came up where you you could have compromised who you were or uh, you could have followed him and uh, had to make a tough decision? Well, of course, those situations came up a lot, but God was really good. He dealt with me early on in my Christian faith about that. I was probably about 31, 32. I'd been a Christian two or three years, and my dad had turned the business over to me uh, to run. And um, we were in the food brokerage business, which meant that we represented about 40 or 50 manufacturers selling their product to the grocery trade, like Del Monte was Mm -hmm. my biggest client, Ocean Spray and Tropicana and Kool-Aid, people like that. But one day I was sitting in my office and I got a call from a fellow who identified himself as a sales manager of Hefty Trash Bags. And he said, uh, we've decided to make a brokerage change in the Birmingham market. Would Bradford and Company be interested in representing us and interviewing for the account? And I said, we'd love to. And it's sort of like advertising agencies. They're going to come in and interview several brokers and then see who they feel like could handle their product the best. Mm -hmm. So they came in and interviewed about eight or ten brokers, us being one of them, and um, they narrowed it down to two. He called me on a Wednesday and said, we've narrowed it to two. We're going to have lunch with one of them tomorrow. Would you have dinner with us tomorrow night? I said, we'd love to. And so we, I took them up to the club to try to make a big impression on them, of course. And I had myself and then two of my vice presidents with me. And we had dinner and discussing how we would handle their business. And toward the end of the evening, George, the sales manager, said, uh, Tom, we've got a lot of promotional money in this business, and I need to know how Bradford & Company would handle that promotional money. And when I say a lot, I'm talking about over $100,000 a year Mm. in promotional funds that we had to administer. And when he asked that, I kind of froze because I knew what he was asking about. The rumor on the street was that the broker before me had given a rifle to the sales manager at one of the big companies here in Birmingham to get five new items in the warehouse. And that's sort of an under-table deal, uh, sort of a bribe, and I would never do anything like that, but I figured that's what he was asking me, how I would handle that. And I just froze, and one of my vice presidents could see that I didn't know what to say, And so he started talking, and he was one of these guys who could ramble and ramble and not say anything. And I'm wrestling with the Lord. I knew what I needed to say, but I knew if I said that, I'd lose the account. And so I'm wrestling with the Lord for what seemed like 20 or 30 minutes. It was probably 10 or 15 seconds. And I finally gave in and interrupted my vice president. And I said, looked at George, and I said, George, you need to understand something. Bradford & Company is a Christian business, and we operate with biblical principles and we will wheel and deal with your money all you want to as long as it's all on top of the table. Mm-hmm. We will not be involved in any under-the-table deals. Mm-hmm. And he looked like I'd slapped him in the face, and I knew I'd lost the account, but I felt good about it. I'd done what I felt like I should do. And so he asked a few more questions, and the meeting was over, and we went home. The next morning about 7.30, I was sitting in my office, and the phone rang, and it was George, and he said, Tom, I'm fixing to get on a plane to go back to New York, but Alan and I have been talking about it, and we've decided we'd like for Bradford & Company to represent us, if you'd like to. And I said, well, of course, I'd love to. And So he said, well, Alan will be over to your office in a few minutes to go over all the details. So he came over to the office and went through uh, the brochures and all the stuff we needed to know. 
and he got through and he sat back in his chair and he said, Tom, you said something last night about Bradford and Company being a Christian business. What did you mean by that? And I thought, well, great, I get to give my testimony. And so I gave him my Christian testimony. When I finished, he sat back and said, well, shake hands with a brother in Christ. Mm-hmm. Turned out he was a Christian. George was a Christian. They did not know that the other broker had given the rifle to the sales manager. He had done that behind the scenes. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I say, we had a lot of latitude of what we did with that mm-hmm. promotion money. We were supposed to account for it and tell them what we did with it, but obviously he had hidden that mm-hmm. from them. So I decided right then I was never going to be ashamed of professing Christ in my business. So I put it in my brochure mm-hmm. that Bradford & Company is a Christian business. We operate with biblical principles. We do not uh, do any under-the-table deals. We do not do heavy entertaining. We do not accept any foul language and so on. And over the years, I think God blessed that. I, I do know of two cases where I interviewed for accounts and found out later from somebody that I didn't get it mm-hmm. because they were turned off mm-hmm. by that. But that's not really the kind of people I wanted to represent anyway. Right. So I felt like God really blessed, and so I always was very out front about being a Christian mm-hmm. in business. Well, I think that that's, number one, extremely important that you know, if, if people espouse to be a follower of Christ, then they, they walk that out. They you know, don't just compartmentalize that you know, when they're in church on Sundays or— other activities of their life, but not necessarily in their business dealings. And I have found that that there are so many Christian business owners that are doing business the right way. I mean, that's really the goal of this series is for people to hear enough testimony to realize that you can still do it the right way, do it God's way, and still be successful. And I think that there are too many people, uh, especially society today, it's, it's constantly bombarding people with the world's way, and that's in stark contrast to the Word's way. Uh, what what God's Word says about how we're supposed to conduct ourselves is completely different than what we're being told on a regular basis. So I think it's important for people to know that they can still honor God and follow Him. And yet, yeah, you missed out on those two accounts, but you know how many more accounts did He provide because of you standing up for Him and, and for mm-hmm. what you believe in? Uh, my business is a marketplace ministry as well, and I, you know, make it very clear. And there are probably some people out there that, you know, haven't done business with me because of that. And I'm okay with that because I know that he can do so much more with a little than I can do with everything that I've got. So I think that that's extremely important. And um, so from that standpoint, you were in the business through 2001. You sold the business. And did you immediately get on board with the National Christian Foundation at that point, or how did you get involved with that? No. When I sold the business, uh, I had a workout contract for six years Mm -hmm. that I stayed on and managed the business Mm -hmm. for the people that I sold it to. Mm -hmm. And that was up in 2007. And it was supposed to be up December the 31st of 2007. And uh, in July of that year, I had some young guys came to see me said, we've been trying for several years to get a Christian foundation started Mm -hmm. here, affiliated with the National Christian Foundation in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. and we just hadn't been able to get it off the ground. We finally gotten serious, and we went off for a day-long retreat Mm -hmm. with one of the executive VPs Mm -hmm. of the National Christian Foundation, said, what do we need to do Mm -hmm. to get this going? And he told us we need to do two things. First of all, we need to put together a steering committee that would put up the seed money. Mm -hmm. 
to operate for the first two or three years so it could generate some assets to mm-hmm. be self-supporting. And we've done that. we got nine guys. We'll mm-hmm. put up all the money. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Usually they come to me and want me to help them raise the money. Right. So I was impressed and said the second thing we need to do is we need to recruit some older guys in the community to be on the board so mm-hmm. that the older people in the community would feel comfortable putting their money mm-hmm. Here And we've talked to Drayton Neighbors, mm-hmm. who's agreed to be on the board, and we want you to be on the board. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, okay, let me let me pray about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll see. And about oh, a couple of months later, they called me and said, Ron Blue is going to be in town mm-hmm. next week. Would you have lunch with him? And Ron was one of the founders of the National Christian Foundation, mm-hmm. in my opinion, sort of the patriarch of Christian stewardship mm-hmm. in my generation. Mm-hmm. He's testified before Congress. He's mm-hmm. written about 20 books mm-hmm. and so on. So I said, I'd love to. So he came over. And I said, Ron, why do we need to start another donor advised fund? Because mm-hmm. that's what the National Christian Foundation mm-hmm. is. And he said, uh, Tom, we need to do that because nobody knows about it. He mm-hmm. said, I know you've got the Community Foundation here in Birmingham Uh, The PCA, which is your denomination, has got a donor advised fund. But we've got all the backroom stuff in Atlanta, so Mm -hmm. you don't need to duplicate that. We've Mm -hmm. got the website and the administrators and the lawyers and the investment advisors. But what you've got is relationships. We started the National Christian Foundation in 1982, and it Mm -hmm. sat around for 15 years had some money in it, but it never really went anywhere. Until mm-hmm. the late 90s, we mm-hmm. started opening local affiliates mm-hmm. around the country, and we've got 23 of them now. Mm-hmm. And the money just started pouring in. Mm-hmm. He said, we now manage over a billion dollars in assets. Mm-hmm. He said, it is so simple. I handle all of my giving through my fund. Mm-hmm. And that's when the light went on. I had a fund with the Community Foundation, mm-hmm. which I'd had for years, and mm-hmm. I was making my major gifts. Mm-hmm from that and I could give to Briarwood Church or to walk through the Bible mm-hmm. or focus on the family mm-hmm. but I was still just writing checks mm-hmm. for most of the donations I was making and uh, I said you know that's a neat idea I hadn't thought about that yeah I'll be on the board let's mm-hmm. get this started and about three weeks later I was at a senior adult conference in Pigeon Forge Tennessee put mm-hmm. on by Scott Dawson mm-hmm. I didn't want to go but I'm on his board so right. I had to go right and the speaker was Tony Evans, mm-hmm. a pastor from Dallas. And there were 500s up there. And he looked at us and said, you guys don't need to think about retiring. That's not in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Now, this is in late September, mm-hmm. and my contract was up the end of December. Mm-hmm. So I was fixing to retire and just do volunteer work, mm-hmm. which I was kind of looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, uh, you need to find God's purpose for your life. He said, sometimes it's hard to find, but I think if these four things ever come together at the same time, it may be God's purpose for you. Well, he really had my attention. Mm -hmm. So the four things, real quickly, are first, what's your passion? What Mm -hmm. turns you on? Well, my passion was Christian work. Mm -hmm. I was in business, but my passion was the Christian work. Mm -hmm. Secondly, what are your gifts? What are you good at? I'm thinking, well, I'm a salesman and an administrator. I am not a visionary Mm -hmm. kind of guy. I'm more of a manager than a Mm -hmm. visionary. Thirdly, what experiences has God put in your path along the way to prepare you for this? I'm thinking, well, I'm always raising money. I was head of the capital funds drive to build Briarwood Church Mm. and the United Way and so on. Mm. I'm one of these crazy guys that just kind of enjoys raising money. Most people hate to ask for Mm. money, but I, I kind of enjoy it. And then fourthly, when the opportunity presents itself. And I kind of felt like right then God was tapping me on the shoulder saying, I'm presenting you with an opportunity here. 
you don't need to be on the board. You need to run that thing mm-hmm. for those guys. Well, I wrestled with the Lord for about three or four weeks and talked to my wife, prayed mm-hmm. about it a lot, talked to my brother John, who was such a strong Christian. Mm-hmm. And both of them felt like I ought to do it. So I called the guy back in that had asked me to be on the board. And I said, where do you all stand on getting this thing going? He said, well, Tom, I got a problem. He said, I got these nine guys, say they'll put up all the seed money, but nobody will give me any money till they know who's going to run it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I can hire somebody to run it till I got the money, and I don't know what to do. I said, well, let me tell you where I am. And I told him about Tony Evans. Mm-hmm. I said, I got everything you need here. I've got the secretary who can handle this on a part-time basis, which mm-hmm. is all you need to start with. I've just transitioned all the employees out of here. I've got the computers and the telephones and the copy machine. I've got all you need. If you want me to, I'll recruit the rest of the board, and I'll get it up and running in 60 days. Mm. I'll give you two years of my life, Lord Mm. willing. Mm. And once I get it running good, I'll recruit and train your president Mm. for you. And at my age and position, I'm not interested in accumulating more money. Mm. I'm just more focused on how much I can give away. So you take the money you got in the budget for president and just put it in a giving fund Mm. for us to give away. And uh, he said, you know, that's a deal. I'll do that. So. I retired on December 31st of 2007, and on January 2nd of 2008, I started the National Christian Foundation. Wow. And we started out, we had uh, 12 families that had funds, don't mm-hmm. advise funds, with the National Christian Foundation in Atlanta. And the Lord is really blessed. We've now got over 700 families, mm-hmm. and we've been ranked by the Birmingham Business Journal as the largest charitable trust in Birmingham. We've given away over $200 million. Wow in uh, the 11 years the two years went by so fast and the board has asked me said you said you'd give us two years you're not going to bail are you i said well this is just so much fun i'll keep Mm. doing as long as the lord gives me the strength to drive Mm. into the office every day so i love what i'm doing and god is blessing it and it's just more fun than selling del monte green beans i'll tell you that (laughs) that's fantastic so how old are you now tom i'm 82 okay and we first met, I had a client who wanted to, to give to the mm-hmm. National Christian Foundation, and he was trying to figure it out and couldn't figure it out, so he came to me, and he said, uh, I'm not really sure how we need to do this, but, but Tom Bradford is the person that you need to talk to, and so I called you, and I can't remember if it was later on that day or if it was the first thing the next day. I mean, you were immediately over to my office and at, at that point, 80, 81 years old, just so passionate about this. And I think the week before I'd met Scott Dawson and then you invited me to an event over at your office with Scott and a handful of other people. And um, I just think it's it's so cool how the Holy Spirit connects people. And, you know, I've, I've made this statement a lot lately, but. Um, you know, he, he, I think he's the greatest connector that there is. Oh, yeah. And divine appointments that we have on a regular basis are just so powerful. And sometimes somebody comes in your life and you're like, well, well, what was that meeting for? What was mm-hmm. that about? Why did I make this connection? And uh, here we are a while later and, you know, sitting here having a great conversation that I think is going to encourage a lot of people. But um, you know, so what would you tell somebody who they have figured out? those four things hmm. and they're they're really wrestling with uh they've got the passion and you know there's an opportunity that's been presented um they really know that, that god's calling them in another direction but 
but they're comfortable and they're staying where they are because they don't want to get out of that comfort zone, what what message would you give to them? Well, of course, I think the only thing I would add to what those four things were is they need to seek Christian counsel. Mm -hmm. They need to go to at least two, if not three, people who they respect, Mm -hmm. their values, and their wisdom, Mm -hmm. and get their thoughts on it, and then uh, step out in faith. That's good. And it's, uh, I tell people all the time that, that sometimes, you know, God will call you to do something that, you know, you ask him, all right, Lord, what do you want me to do? And sometimes he gives you an assignment that, you know, it is not something that you were expecting. It's not something that you had planned. And it's not something that uh, really you even had on your radar. But when you do it and you take that step of faith, you take that leap, you walk it out in obedience, then he gives you more. Yeah, that reminds me of something else that I learned as a young Christian. I had uh, several of my friends who got involved with Campus Crusade and went on staff with Campus Mm -hmm. Crusade, left their family business Mm -hmm. and went on staff with Campus Crusade. And I had basically come to Christ through the Campus Crusade Mm -hmm. ministry with the four spiritual laws. That's Mm -hmm. what made me realize Mm -hmm. that I had believed intellectually without Mm -hmm. ever making a commitment to Christ. So I was involved with Campus Crusade. I was going around teaching uh, how to share your faith in, mm-hmm. in churches all over Alabama. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was beginning to think, well, maybe the Lord's calling me to leave the family business mm-hmm. and go with Campus Crusade mm-hmm. or go into full-time Christian work. And uh, the national director of the lay ministry with Campus Crusade happened to be in town, mm-hmm. and some friends of mine had a reception at their house. Mm-hmm. And I can still remember standing by the window talking to him about his name was Howard Ball. Mm. And I was just sharing with him that I was wondering if the Lord was calling me to Mm. give up my family business and Mm. come with Campus Crusade. And he said, well, Tom, let me ask you a question. Is that something that you're just dying to do? Mm. And I said, no, not really. Uh, I really love what I'm doing Mm. in in the food brokerage business, but it's something I'm willing to do. Mm. And he said, well, let me tell you this. God's not calling you to do Mm. that. If God calls you Mm. to do something, he will put such a strong desire Mm. in your heart that you feel like, I just don't think I can stand it if Mm. I don't get to do that. Mm -hmm. And that really helped me a lot. And Mm. I realized that God had called me to serve him in the business community. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just as important as serving him uh, as a missionary or in the pastorate or Mm. Uh, with Young Life or Campus Crusade, mm-hmm. God has to call different people to all these different mm-hmm. positions, whether it be a doctor, a lawyer, mm-hmm. or a radio host, or whatever right. you're doing, right. a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. And uh, so whatever you feel like God's called you to do, that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. But he'll put the desire in your heart. Well, I, I think that it's, it is something when people start to grow in their faith, and then they, they catch fire for the mm-hmm. Lord. Sometimes their, their immediate thought is, maybe I need to go into the ministry. But you know, I was having this conversation with my friend at lunch, and awesome, awesome guy. And um, he's wrestled with this for a while because he's a uh, you know, successful businessman here in town. And, uh, but God is using him in the business world. And as much as he has wanted to, to leave that business world to, to go into full-time ministry, God has not presented that opportunity yet. And, uh, you know, I have people in my office. I had somebody, you know, come in my office today. She said, y- y- y'all pray, right? I said, yeah. She said, well, just, you know, say a prayer for me. Uh, I really, 
I'm dealing with some stuff. And I said, well, I'll pray for you right now. And, you know, so come in here. And, um, you know, so I, I think that there are needs that we see in our business that if we weren't there in that business, then maybe there's not somebody there to address that need. Yeah. You know, some people won't step foot in a church, but they will step foot in my office. Mm-hmm. You know, they will have conversations with me, um, you know, outside of the church. But uh, obviously the ultimate goal is to get them in a church. Uh, but more importantly, just connect them to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Right. But I think that it's it's extremely powerful that people do recognize, you know, are they being called or are they supposed to be where they are and just do it differently to glorify him in the role that they're in. And I think that that's extremely critical. Uh, so over the, the period of uh, all these roles that you've been in, um, obviously very busy and never been without uh, plenty of things to do. Uh, what would you say to the person who says, uh, well, I'd love to get involved, but I'm just, I'm so busy right now. I just don't have time to, to serve. I just don't have time to uh, give back or anything. I'm, I'm so focused on my career. I'm so focused on my family or all these different things. You found the time. You know, what would you say to, to that person that can't seem to find the time? Well, first of all, I think you need to get your priorities in order. And I remember early on in my Christian life, uh, the Navigators had a conference at our church. And uh, the guy said that your priorities need to be in this order. First is your personal relationship with the Lord. So you've got to allocate the time Mm -hmm. to do that. Secondly, your relationship with your wife Mm -hmm. and then your children, Mm -hmm. but your family comes Mm -hmm. second. Uh, Thirdly, your business or your vocation, whether it be ministry or business or doctor or lawyer, you know, mm. whatever it is. That's, and then lastly, your ministry, mm. your volunteer mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. If your ministry is your vocation, then, mm-hmm. of course, that comes third. Mm-hmm. But it should never be ahead of your relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. or your family. So that's, that's where I would start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if somebody feels like they're too busy, to spend time with their wife or kids, then they're just too busy. Mm. And, and and I've gotten that way a number mm. of times. And uh, every now and then, I just have to sit down with my wife and get away for a couple of days and, and start looking at all the things I've got, balls I've got in the air. I've got mm. too many balls mm. in the air. Mm. And you can't juggle that many balls at mm. one time. And so I just have to back off. Mm. And uh, so, you know, I can't serve on three boards at one time and, and and make a living and and go to my kids' soccer games and basketball mm-hmm. games. <laughs> you just can't do all that. Mm-hmm. And so you have to put something down. So you have to constantly be evaluating it, uh, your life. But I don't think the problem is people are too busy. They just don't have their priorities straight. Mm-hmm. That's really good advice. And that was something that uh, as I grew in my relationship with the Lord, I was radically transformed in 2016. Started a refining process in you know, 2014, grew a lot in 2015, but fully surrendered in January of 2016. And with that, it took that shift in priorities. And, you know, originally I was pursuing business, you know, money. That was the most important thing to me, unfortunately. And God was on the list, but he was just at the very bottom. And now he's the first thing in my life. And then mm-hmm. my wife is second. My family, you know, my children are, are third. 
And then with that, uh, for me, it's making a positive impact right after that. But I get to do that in my business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the number one goal that I have is to make a positive impact every single day with every single person that I interact with. Mm -hmm. And um, and I'm thankful to be in a business where I get to serve and do that. But, uh, yeah, that priority shift, if if you don't make that priority shift, then it's going to be hard for you to accomplish any of the other things that he's got in store for you because he's on the list. He's just, you know, not at the top. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's very important. Well, I think it's important to do what you love, but it's also important to be serving the Lord. And and I know in my career, my second career now uh, with the National Christian Foundation, when I started this, I felt like my mission was to try to just help generate more resources for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And that is, but that's my secondary mission. My primary mission, I came to realize, is to disciple people in Christian stewardship. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things we found with the National Christian Foundation is a lot of people have a financial strategy, mm-hmm. but very few people have a giving strategy. Mm-hmm. And consequently, they miss out on a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. uh, to give money to something they're passionate about, and they waste a lot of money in unnecessary mm-hmm. taxes mm-hmm. that they wouldn't have to pay mm-hmm. if they had a good strategy. Mm-hmm. And so what we try to do is uh, help people develop a Christian giving strategy Mm -hmm. and that way they get to experience the joy Mm. of giving uh, to things they're passionate about Mm -hmm. that's what a donor advised fund is we're not trying to raise money for the national christian foundation because as you know somebody opens a fund with us whatever they give us we give them a tax receipt but Mm -hmm. then we put the money in their fund and they decide Mm -hmm. where it's going to be granted out we don't make that decision Mm -hmm. they make the decision and it's just been a real blessing to me to be able to help people and disciple people and how they can give more to the ministries that they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people seem to think, well, really it's just for people who are giving away a lot of money, $100,000, mm-hmm. $200,000 a year. But mm-hmm. I've got 700 families. I've probably got maybe 75 of them are giving away less than $10,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a bigger benefit for somebody who's, got a lot of money mm-hmm. to, to give away but it's a benefit for anybody I, I take the position that anybody who is giving away enough money to itemize his mm-hmm. charitable giving on his mm-hmm. tax return mm-hmm. should have a donor advised fund somewhere mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be with us there mm-hmm. are all kinds of donor advised funds mm-hmm. out there but it's just a great way to uh, discipline yourself and to manage your charitable giving have a giving strategy mm-hmm. of what you want to do and be sure that you're taking advantage of all the the tax laws mm-hmm. that you can. We, we say our, our motto is to simplify your giving, to multiply your impact, to glorify God. Mm. We simplify your giving by use of the internet. Mm-hmm. We multiply your impact by just smarter use of the tax codes. Mm-hmm. And then we glorify God by just releasing more resources into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're all about. Awesome. What is your website? It's www. Alabama dot national Christian. Okay. All right. Fantastic. So if you want to learn more about the National Christian Foundation and how you too can set up that type of fund, then you, know, you can reach out to them. Uh, again, Tom is fantastic about helping people set those things up. Uh, as you can tell, extremely passionate about what he does, uh, even as this is his second career. 
Uh, it is fantastic to see, and Tom, it's just been an honor to have you here with us today, and I know that this has blessed and encouraged a lot of people. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. All right. Well, we thank you so much, and we hope you all have a great day. Check us out next time.